bringing you the latest in tax credit news. This is Tax Credit Tuesday with your host, Michael Novogratik. The legislative challenges have been significant. We very much need the legislation. we got to produce housing. We're still in a very volatile industry. It's a challenging atmosphere for almost anyone. We can't get all these mixed signals and messages. If he doesn't have a bipartisan bill, nothing's going to happen. Alternative energy is still very expensive. Hello, I'm Michael Novogratik, and this is Tax Credit Tuesday. Today is Tuesday, January 17th, 2012. I will start today's podcast with congratulations for the winners of the Novogratik Journal of Tax Credits Developments of Distinction Awards. Then, I'll alert listeners to a hearing scheduled for this week on the Volcker Rule. In our historic tax credit section, I will discuss developments in two states. In Kansas, where the governor has proposed eliminating the state historic tax credit, and in Indiana, where lawmakers are considering a bill to dramatically increase the state historic tax credit. In our low-income housing tax credit section, I have an announcement from Colorado where there are two positions are available on the state's tax credit allocation committee. In our renewable energy segment, I'll share some recent comments made by Senator Mark Udall about an extension for the production tax credit. I will also review the recommendations made in an issue brief released last week that examines government investments in renewable energy. And finally, I'll review some numbers of interest to the new market tax credit community, such as the announcement last week that there are now more than 5,400 community development entities certified by the CDFI Fund. If you're ready, let's get started. In general news, I begin this week's podcast by congratulating the winners of the Novogratz Journal of Tax Credit's third annual Developments of Distinction Awards. The awards were presented last week at the 18th Annual Tax Credit Developers Conference in Miami a conference for which we had over 200 attendees. Each year, the Developments of Distinction Awards honor the best and the brightest in the tax credit industry. The awards recognize outstanding achievement in the development of projects using the low-income housing tax credit, historic tax credits, renewable energy tax credits, Section 1602 Renewable Energy Exchange Program grant funds, and projects using U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development program financing. This year, There were seven winners and six honorable mentions. Full descriptions of the 13 projects are available at www.novaco.com backslash dod.php. I encourage you to go online and review the 13 projects. For further information on the Developments of Distinction Awards, please contact Jane Zastro at 415-356-8000. Now lawmakers return to Washington, D.C. this week and I'd like to alert listeners to a hearing that may be of interest. Tomorrow, Wednesday, January 18th, two financial services subcommittees will hold a joint hearing on the Volcker Rule. The two committees are the Subcommittee on Capital Markets and Government-Sponsored Enterprises, as well as the Subcommittee on Financial Institutions and Consumer Credit. The hearing is called Examining the Impact of the Volcker Rule on Markets, businesses, investors, and job creation. The hearing is scheduled for 9.30 a.m., and there are 13 witnesses scheduled to testify. These witnesses include representatives from the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System, the Securities and Exchange Commission, the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency, and other financial regulatory agencies. Now, a second panel will feature testimony on behalf of the Brookings Institution, 
TIAA-CREF, Fidelity Investments, and the Institute of International Bankers, as well as others. Because the implementation of the Volcker Rule will likely have a significant long-term effect on the tax credit market, we will be following the hearing closely, and I'll report in next week's podcast on any comments of note. I'll also likely be tweeting a few comments along the way. Now, if you're not familiar with exactly what the Volcker Rule means to the tax credit community, I do invite you to read my Washington Wire column in this month's issue of the Novogratz Journal of Tax Credits. I also remind you that the comment period on the proposed implementation of the Volcker Rule has been revised, or extended, I should point out, from the middle of January to the middle of February. For more information about commenting on the Volcker Rule, I encourage you to contact my partner, Bentley Stanton, in our Atlanta office. And to see a copy of my Washington Wire column, I invite you to go to www.novaco.com journal. I'd also like to note that the law firm Williams & Jensen noted in their January 13th Washington update that on January 11th, President Obama announced that he will introduce tax proposals to reward companies that choose to invest or bring back jobs to the United States, as well as eliminate tax advantages for companies that move jobs overseas. Now, Williams & Jensen notes that's expected that President Obama will discuss these tax proposals in his State of the Union address, which is scheduled for January 24th. And furthermore, they note, greater details will also likely be included in the federal budget for fiscal year end 2013. And this is likely to be released in early February, most likely February 6th. So do stay tuned for the President's State of the Union address, as well as his actual budget, where we'll spend a little bit more time in future podcasts on the details. In historic tax credit news, we have information from two states who are heading in opposite directions with respect to funding historic tax credits. We start in Kansas. Last week, Kansas Governor Sam Brownback delivered his State of the State address, and he proposed sweeping changes in the state income tax, including eliminating about two dozen state tax credits. Of particular interest to listeners, his proposal would eliminate the historic preservation tax credit. The development community in Kansas responded to Governor Brownback's proposal with great alarm. The Wichita Eagle reports that developers credit the state's historic tax credit for the feasibility of many of downtown Wichita's redevelopment projects. Jeff Fleur, president of Wichita Downtown Development Corporation, told the paper that since 2001, the program has created 15,000 jobs and $700 million in investment in Kansas. The changes proposed by Governor Brownback would have to be approved by lawmakers, and the development community promised last week to lobby the legislature to protect the historic tax credit. Now, conversely, in Indiana, the Indiana House Ways and Means Committee held a hearing last week on House Bill 1111. That's a bill to increase the state's historic tax credit cap. The bill's sponsor, Indiana Representative Ed Clear, told the committee that the bill is, quote, really a jobs bill. The committee heard testimony, however, they did not vote on the bill. Representative Clear said Indiana's historic preservation tax credit doesn't work right now because the $450,000 annual cap on project funding is too low. House Bill 1111 would raise the cap to $2 million the first year and would continue to raise it by $2 million every year until it reaches a cap of $10 million a year. The bill will also make the tax credit transferable 
which, as most of our listeners know, would allow developers to more easily get capital or cash for the tax credit. A copy of the bill and other state historic tax credit legislation can be found online at www.historictaxcredits.com. I also want to alert you to an upcoming historic tax credit webinar. Novograd and Company has announced that we're holding a webinar on February 8th that will provide a basic overview of the historic rehabilitation tax credit and the unique aspects of historic tax credit transaction structuring. This webinar is designed for anyone who is new to the historic tax credit area or for those who have worked in the industry for a while and want a refresher course. Real estate developers, investors, local government officials, attorneys, and consultants are the likely attendees, and if you're fit into one of these categories or others, we do encourage you to attend the webinar. Details are available online at www.novaco.com, and if you have the questions about the historic tax credit, I encourage you to contact Tom Bosha in our Cleveland, Ohio office, or Charlie Ruda in our Boston, Massachusetts office. In the low-income housing tax credit news, I just have a quick blurb. The Colorado Housing and Finance Authority announced last week that it's seeking candidates to serve on its tax credit allocation committee. The committee considers applications for low-income housing tax credit awards, and it recommends projects for approval by the executive director. There are currently two positions open. For more information, or to access the tax credit allocation committee application, go to www.chaffainfo.com. You can also direct questions to Tasha Weaver at tweaver, that's T-W-E-A-V-E-R, at chaffainfo.com. That's C-H-F-A-I-N-F-O.com. The due date for applications is January 31st. In renewable energy tax credit news, last week, Senator Mark Udall spoke optimistically that he thinks Congress will, that's right, will, pass legislation early this year to extend the energy production tax credit. The Pueblo Chieftain reports that Senator Utah's comments came during a visit that included a meeting with local manufacturing executives, including Vesta's Towers General Manager Tony Knopp. Listeners may know that last week Vesta announced that it was cutting more than 2,000 jobs. The company also warned that it could eliminate another 1,600 jobs if the production tax credit isn't extended. The chieftain reports that Knopp said that the 450-worker Pueblo plant could see its first 40 layoffs later this year if the tax credits aren't extended soon because orders for wind turbines would slow. The paper quotes Senator Udall as saying there is a, and I quote, a block of senators who are working to see it extended. He also said, and I quote again, it will probably be a part of a bigger package that would also extend the payroll tax deduction. But I can't believe that Congress won't get this done. Close quote. Next, I turn to the Center for American Progress. Last week, the Center for American Progress released an issue brief called Good Government Investments in Renewable Energy. The paper examines current government investments in renewable energy and suggests how they should work in the future. The issue brief specifically calls on Congress to extend the production tax credit for at least four more years. That's enough time to give confidence and stability to investors throughout the supply chain. The brief notes that the production tax credit has only been extended for two years at a time since its creation. That's only two years at a time. It's never had a longer extension since its creation. 
The brief also calls for Congress to extend the Section 1602 Treasury Cash Grant Program. The author says that this cash grant program makes the production tax credit and the investment tax credit more effective, more efficient, and more transparent. A copy of the issue brief can be found online at www.energytaxcredits.com. If you have questions about renewable energy tax credits, you can call my partner, Stephen Tracy, in our San Francisco office or Tony Grapponi in our Boston office. In new market tax credit news, we have some interesting numbers for you. Last week, the City of Fife updated its list of Certified Community Development Entities, or CDEs. The total number of CDEs as of December 31, 2011 is 5,473 close to 5,500 certified CDEs. This amount is 845 CDEs more, or about 18% more, than the same time last year. Now, speaking of numbers, one big number that's on a lot of people's minds is the number $3.5 billion, as in $3.5 billion in new market tax allocation authority that the CDFI fund is preparing to announce. At last report, the announcement for the 2011 New Market Test Credit Round was expected mid to late February. And there's a final number I want to bring your attention to, and that's 500. At the time of this recording, approximately 500 community development professionals were signed up to attend the New Market Test Credit Conference in San Diego, California. And that number is growing by the hour. So if you're not part of that number already, there's still time to register. Just go to www.novoco.com slash events or call 415-356-7970. At the conference, in addition to all the great information, we also have several exciting networking opportunities planned for the event. So I do hope to see you there. If you have any questions about the conference, shoot me an email, michael.novogradic at novoco.com. Well, that brings me to the end of this week's report. Please join me again next week for another Tax Credit Tuesday. This is Michael Novogratik, and I'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. This weekly podcast has been brought to you by Novogratik and Company, LLP. Archived discussions are available online at www.novoco.com podcast or by subscribing to the Novogratik Report on tax credits in iTunes. Novogratik & Company, LLP, is a national certified public accounting and consulting firm with 13 offices nationwide. Learn more about our professional services at www.novago.com.